0: He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. And I believe He's in the house this morning. Amen? I love being in the presence of God. I love being where He is in His presence, is fullness of joy. I want you to take your Bibles this morning. Turn with me. Remain standing for just a second. We'll read a couple verses. And I'll let you sit down. Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2. Today is the first Sunday of December. It's Christmas season. I love Christmas. I love Christmas. I would like to say I'm spiritual enough just for the spiritual side of it, but I love presents. Amen. I'm not gonna lie. Amen. I love. I love Christmas. I love the singing. I love the music. I love the season. Uh, I grew up. In a, in a pastor's home, and and my dad was really kind of traditional and old fashioned, and and uh, if you didn't have if you didn't have a a, uh, a hayride and hot chocolate and chili and a Christmas pageant the the Sunday before Christmas, you you were the Antichrist, amen. I mean, you you had to have that stuff, and and I man, I loved it. I tell you, I, I really enjoy all that. I enjoy everything about it. A lot of times, uh, preachers will get on a soapbox and they want to beat up people, and you know, bless God, this is materialism, and you know. And I and that can we can do that. It's a possibility to do that, but it doesn't have to be that way. Amen. Uh, uh, listen, we are going to read a story. We're going to read a story today of uh, the arrival, the arrival of Jesus Christ. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Bible says you're going to call his name Emmanuel, which means God with. Us. So here we have the arrival of the Savior, the arrival of the Son of God, the arrival of the Messiah, the promised one. And God is fixing to have an announcement out of this world. Amen. The angels come. The angels come to a lowly congregation, a humble congregation of shepherds here. And they teach us how to worship. They teach us how to worship from the preaching to the pew they teach us something. That's what we're going to look at today. Now, everybody's got their opinion, and everybody's got their idea about what worship ought to be. Some people believe that if you if you just crack a smile or or even have a grunt in church, if you make any noise whatsoever, you're being irreverent. That's because you had a mama like mine that would thump you on the back of the head in service. Do I have a witness right there? And then on the opposite of that extreme, uh, the spectrum, you have people that want to run around and act crazy and attract attention to them and, and, and just make a spectacle of themselves. Now, that's not, that's not good neither. And I'm not going to be a crit, a, a, a critiquing somebody's worship and how they worship because I know everything, everything's different. But there are, certain, there are certain components of worship that we need to understand and that we need to practice and that we need to use. And every Sunday, we need to see. Are you with me? Say amen. So let's look in Luke chapter number 2. And before we do, do we have any first-time attenders? If you were a first-time attender and you filled out one of those prayer cards, could you hold it up real high? We're going to run and get them real quick so we can be praying for you during the service we had right, right here in the middle. All right, church, let's give them all a hand for being here with us. Amen? We are glad to have you. Prayed that you would be here today. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 1. If you found your spot, say amen. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. I like this part. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said unto one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your son who came to this earth, humbled himself and took upon himself flesh and became a man to die and be the substitute for our sin and the sacrifice for our redemption. God, I pray that you'll bless us now. Help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Help me to say everything I'm supposed to say. Don't let me say something I'm not supposed to say. Please anoint this service in Jesus' name. We all pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Worship. Worship is such an important aspect of the christian life and sometimes it is so skewed and it is so uh, misunderstood what real worship is all about tradition tradition affects and influences more people when it comes to worship than scripture does did y'all hear what i said tradition influences more people when it comes to worship than the scripture does how many of y'all know the scripture takes priority over tradition Let me say that again because some of y'all ain't paying attention. How many of y'all know that Scripture takes priority over tradition? Listen, it is very important that we worship. A child of God should worship their master. Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well, and she says, look. He he tells her, look, God is a spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. There is a way to worship God. We should worship him. It should not be all facts. Are you all with me? It should not be all truth. The Bible says the letter of the law killeth, but it is the spirit that bringeth life. I'm telling you, I've been in some services that was boring as can be, and they rattled off facts after fact after fact after fact and that's all good and dandy but I'm telling you I love being in a service that has the truth of God being preached but it has the spirit of God being felt I need the anointing of God in everything we do whether it's preaching whether it's singing I've seen people that got up here with talent and they could sing but they didn't have no touch on them and I've got seen people that come up listen, that God had done something for their soul they've been through hell and back and they were thankful for what God had done for them and they sang from down deep into their heart and the anointing of God was on it and I'm telling you I just soon hear that spirit and in truth there is a right way to worship (coughs) well here we have here we have the arrival of God's son the arrival of the hero, the arrival of the Messiah, the Savior, the one who had been promised. In Genesis, he's coming. In Exodus, he's coming. Leviticus, he's coming. All the way through the Old Testament, there's coming one after me. There's coming one who will deliver. There's coming one who will save. There's coming one who will redeem. There, listen, there's going to come a sprout out of a dry ground. There's coming one who the devil can't handle. There's going to come one that the devil's going to him in his head say amen he's coming now all of a sudden here these shepherds are minding their own business on the side of that hill and all of a sudden there's an angel that's proclaiming he's here he's here he's here he's a savior now here's the deal here's the deal the the platform the platform has a great responsibility when it comes to the worship service would y'all agree what happens up here is important. Would y'all agree on that? I mean, it, it really needs something right needs to happen here. Now, but guess what? Guess what? What happens out there is of great importance too. Do y'all realize worship is not a spectator sport? Some of y'all ain't figured that out yet. We're not here to come watch somebody perform. We're not here to watch somebody put on a show. Matter of fact, if it starts looking like that, they're not going to sing no more. They're not going to preach or they're not going to teach. It's not about putting on a show. It's about glorifying God. And we come to worship. I didn't come to have church. I didn't come for a routine. I didn't come for my Sunday morning activity. I didn't come because I was supposed to. I didn't come because my daddy made me go when I was little. I came to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I came because one day I was lost in sin. I was undone without God or His Son, and He reached way down for me. He reached farther down than I could reach up, and He saved me from my sin. He put my foot on a rock and established my goal put a new song in my mouth. He has made me a home in heaven and I'm going to come and let him know. Thank you. Amen. 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 I'm coming today to worship him. I don't know why you got to get so emotional. You did yesterday. And I did too. Well, I don't know why you're bringing that up. I'll tell you why I'm bringing that up. It's a shame before God if you'll get emotional about that and you won't get emotional about one who took the bullet for you. I don't have no problem. I don't have no problem getting emotional again. I love every minute of it. I love the trash talking. I like it all, baby. I'm telling you, I like it. I'll get with it and I'll holler. And when I leave a game, I can't even talk because I've done lost my voice. I'm not against that a bit. I'm for it. But if you're going to do that and you're going to come in here and sit like this, I got an issue with that. Are you all with me? You have as much a responsibility in this worship service as what they're doing up here. Now, I know some of y'all are traumatized because your your mama would, if you would even grunt in church. But look, we need to to shed that misconception. Let me get, and I'll, I'll prove it, I'll prove it. The arrival of Jesus... The arrival of Jesus... Because I'm telling you, I'm looking at this chapter like I've never, ever looked at it. I've never seen this before like I saw it for this week to get, to get ready for y'all. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, when, when the arrival of Jesus came upon the scene, God sent his angels. Because if there was anybody that had experience in worshiping God, they got it. Would y'all agree with that? I mean, if anybody knew how to worship, the angels know how to worship. They've been doing it a long time. Amen. So God sent these angels to teach us what should happen in this building during a worship service. I mean from the pulpit all the way to the pew. Watch this. Let's start with the pulpit. What should be up here? It says there was in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I'm getting God bumps that big right here on my neck. You know why? Because this angel brought hope. The first thing that we see in this chapter, in my mind, when these angels came to teach us how to worship, first we see a message that is preached. Preached a message that is preached this was a message of joy this was a message of hope I bring you good tidings tith- so how do you know he's preaching because we're supposed to preach the gospel and you know what the word gospel means good news he said I bring you good tidings or Good news. I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. I'm glad that I've got good news to white people. I've got good news to black people. I've got good news to red people. I've got good news to yellow people. I've got good news whatever you are. I've got good news for you. I've got good news for poor people. I've got good news for rich people. I've got good news for educated people. I've got good news for uneducated people. I'm telling you that good news for all men. I don't care who you are. God will save you just right where you are. I've got good news for good people, and I've got good news for bad people. Matter of fact, I've even got better. I've got gooder news for bad people. Are y'all with me? There's a savior. Good news, man. I tell you what. You turn on radio, bad news. You turn on the news. Or turn on the, the news on TV bad news because it sells you read the newspaper bad news man it's time we come in the house of god and hear some good news. bless god i got some good news you don't know my financial situation i know the secretary of treasury in heaven who is it? he owns a cattle on a thousand hills and the taters under the hills and God will sell three or four cows before he lets you go broke. Say amen. I am broke. Are you hungry? You got clothes on your back? Well, then you're richer than a third of the world. You know the problem with most Americans? We always look at what we don't have. Instead of looking at what we do have. And if we started doing that, it would change everything. Amen? Amen. How many of y'all believe that hope is important? Amen. There were some scientists that did uh, uh, an experiment on some rats. Experimenting about hope and, and the importance of hope and how it affects and influences people in the way they react to difficulty and hardships. They took a group of rats, they took a group of rats and they, they put them in water, deep water where they could not touch the bottom, and they caused them to swim, and in one hour they all drowned all of them, every one of them, all of them, one hour. They took another group of rats and they placed them in water and in just a little while they took them out. And then they would place them back in for a a longer period of time and then they would take them out. And then they would put them back in for a longer period of time. And and do you realize those rats swam for twenty over 24 hours? The first group of rats died within an hour. The second group of rats, they swam for over 24 hours. You say, well, it was the rest. No, it had nothing to do with the rest. It had to do with the thought and the mindset and the hope that if I just keep on paddling, somebody's going to take me out of here. I believe one rat said to the other rat, baby, keep on paddling. It won't be long. They're on the way. And they had hope, hope. We need hope again in America. I know the economy's bad, but there's hope. I know your marriage is bad, but there's hope. I know your kid has gone crazy, but honey, there's hope. If the prodigal will come back, God can reach him too. There's hope. Jesus can't. You know when people get in a depression? When they lose hope. People get suicidal when they feel like that there's no nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to get better. I'm always going to hurt like this. My world will never be any different and I know that. I know that Elijah got suicidal and be careful. Be careful all you good people that's never been depressed, be careful. Because it's real. And and look, Jacob Jacob had a son who was the apple of his eye he made him a coat of many colors and his other sons brought that coat to him shredded up with, with animal blood all over it because they were deceiving their father and they said is this, your, is this your son's coat and this is what he said this is what Jacob said he said I will go to my grave mourning and grieving over my son let me, let me translate that I'll never be happy again I'll never enjoy life again. I'll never see the sunshine again. I'll never smile again. I'll never experience joy in my life again. And some of y'all have thought that because the devil's come into your life and they, the devil has brought an old bloody coat that listen is a deception and a lie in your situation the devil's told you you're never going to laugh again you're never going to have joy again you're never going to have peace again but honey I had the privilege of reading a few more chapters and find out that his son was alive and well and God reunited them and there was joy in his heart again he was able to bounce his grand boys on his knee and I'm here to tell you I don't care what the devil's told you there is hope I don't care what he He's lied to you about. Be careful. He's a liar and the father of it. There is hope in God. Whatever your situation is, God can change it. He can do it. And I think any worship service should have a message preached from the platform that there is hope. There is hope. Not only the hope it supplied. Don't you see the help it supplied? He said, for this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swallowing clothes and lying in a manger. What kind of message would be a message without pointing you to Jesus? I'm not here as a motivational speaker. Although I hope you get motivated. I'm not here just to make you feel good about yourself. I'm not here just to say if you'll think more positive your situation will change. I'm here to point you to Jesus. Why should you do that? Because whatever your problem is, he can fix it. Whatever your situation is, he's the answer. Whatever your problem is, he's the problem solver. And Brother Travis, whatever you do, if you give somebody a piece of bread, tell them about the bread of life. If you ever give somebody a bottle of water, tell them about the water of life. It would be crazy to put a coat on their back and not tell them about the one who can bring warmth into their soul. Listen, we got to point them to Jesus. There's a lot of preachers preaching out of books they wrote. I never got that. That I don't understand that. Whatever you do, let's point people to Jesus. The message that should reverberate throughout every corner of this room, it should preach hope. And it should provide help to those to get to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Enough about me. Now it's about y'all. And suddenly, and suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward me. Now I know I can tell by some of y'all's faces because y'all don't have a good poker face. And I, I get too loud for you. I get that. I understand that, but I can't help it. It's the only gear I have. I can't help but get excited that one day I was on my way to hell. And now I'm going to heaven. Now I got a home in glory that outshines the sun. I've got a mansion. I've got I've got right on Hallelujah Boulevard. Are y'all with me? On a street of gold, walls of Jasper, gates of pearl. Not just that. God's against, He lets me do this. I get to hang out with y'all. And we get to we get to enjoy good singing. Do you know what it is to have the privilege to go to a church like this? Do you know how many people? How many people all over, millions of people all over the country would give their pinkies to be able to go to a service like this? I just don't believe that. I go to them. I preach in them. Some of these preachers think I can wrap some of this up and stick it in my pocket and pull it out. But it don't work that way. Man, what a privilege we have. To have a church like this to worship him in. What should happen out here? What should happen out here? The angels teach us what should happen out here. We should exalt the Lord. What did they say? Glory to God in the highest. Now, by the way, too, by the way, too, this will be the quietest place you'll ever be. When you get to heaven, the Bible says they're singing with a loud voice. And they're praising with a loud voice. Some of y'all are going to have to go to worship school before they turn y'all loose. You will. You're going to have to. If real worship bothers you. Now, now look, Now I'm all, I'm all about real worship. And I'm, trust me, I'm not going to critique anything. And I don't think somebody should make a spectacle of themselves. If all you do is attract people to you and not to Jesus, then that's wrong. I don't think it should be like that. But we need to be very careful. We need to be very careful how we critique somebody's worship because there was a woman who worshipped weird in the Bible. She worshipped different than everybody else. She worshipped in a way that caused people to criticize her. She came and began to weep at his feet and anoint his feet and kiss his feet continually. And the established people who's supposed to be the one worshipping and supposed to be the spiritual ones, they criticized her. And Jesus chewed them out. But but when anybody does something different than you, be careful how you criticize them. Hello. Because see, the Bible says we're to offer the sacrifice of praise, even the fruit of our lips. We should come to this house and worship and praise. Now, I don't know if you say, preacher, I'm worshiping like this. There's only one problem with that. That's not biblical. Praise is coming forth y'all with me and it says the sacrifice of praise be careful that you criticize that one that's louder than you or more more exuberant than you or it may be different than you because you don't know what it costs them to praise you see this woman had been through a lot and jesus said you don't understand he who has been forgiven of most well worship the most so so be careful before you criticize you may not have gone through the hell that she went through You might not have had the heartbreak and the heartache that she's with you. You may not know exactly what that person has been through to be able to stand in the house of God and worship him. Because I'm telling you, when, when, when God has made a big deal out of us, I promise you, you'll make a big deal out of him. We should exalt the Lord. We should glorify him. We should not sit like a knot on a log. I said it again, and I mean it. We need to loosen up. Some of y'all need to learn to get your mouth open. Let all that hath breath. If you're not going to do that, hold your breath. You're stealing. Amen? Because you'll get vocal. Now, now we all, when I said you did yesterday, everybody went, ooh. Because you know I'm right. Let's not let that be. I know we got a bunch of new Christians in here. I want you to worship. I want you to say amen. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. See, it's not hard. It's not hard. I, I, I got to do this. I got to do this because it's too funny. I had a real good friend of mine. said, preacher, I tell you what. I tell you what. Last week when they were singing that song about what a meeting in the air, so I got so excited I almost shouted. And you know, for me, that's a big deal, amen. And I did. I said, just hang around a few more weeks; it'll get on you, amen. Look, look, let's worship. And I know everybody's different. I'm not. I don't trust me. If if I, if you had to, if I had to force you to do it, I don't want it to be that. It, it don't. It don't need to be that. It don't need to be fake. It don't need to be fake. But let me tell you this: sometimes you got to work your way up. might not start here you might just you might be like at the auction (laughs) but do something amen isn't it fun going to church here sure is amen (laughs) amen I cracked myself up. Amen. <laughs> the multitude, they praised. They exalted the Savior. You know what? Worship, when we, begin to, when we begin to worship, we exalt the Savior. But not only that, when you're exalting the Lord, guess what happens? You begin to encourage the lowly. I don't know if you've ever been this way, but, but sometimes I've been really discouraged when I come to church. And I really couldn't. I really My shout was not really up to par. But God had done something for somebody else, and they was excited about it. And boy, I don't know if y'all ever—I don't know if y'all ever messed with puppies before, but i am a am i love puppies, and I like coon dogs and training coon dogs. And and there's something about an old dumb one. Old puppies—they don't have—they don't have a lot of clue. They don't know nothing. But you can get—you can get a, a, a coon out there in a the cage and try to train your puppy, and and that old puppy by himself, he'll look at it like, whoo. But if you get a couple others that's excited about it, and they'll get, ar, ar, ar. I mean, they just go at it. It's all over. Because that one puppy will see that them other three puppies are excited, and, 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 and especially at the tree. At the tree. And listen, that puppy don't have a clue they something up that tree. But that puppy knows that there's three that are excited about something up that tree. And he's not sure what's up that tree, but they're happy about it. What's the point? People will come in here lost, and they're not really sure exactly all that you're excited about, but they know you're excited, and they will want what you got. I'll prove it. I'll prove it. You know what the shepherds did when them angels was worshiping? They said, let us go see this thing, which has come to pass. What happened when there was preaching, when there was a message preached, when there was a multitude praising, there was movement that was prompted. They said, let us go. You know what? Our worship should move people to Jesus. I don't believe that could happen. Well, don't tell my dad that. Because, see, my dad got saved in the old-time worship service. And, and, and it wasn't a preaching because he didn't remember what the guy said. I asked him, I said, Dad, what did he preach on? He said, I don't know. I said, well, why did you get saved? He said, I wanted what they had. Well, what did they have? Something to be happy about? Because their worship reflected their emotion and their feeling. And they were happy and they were exalting the Savior and because of that it encouraged the lowly. My dad got saved not because there was a great preacher, but because they were people that were praising and worshiping God. Amen. God's good, isn't he? Let's pray. Father